This is episode 41. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by Tom. Hey, Matt. How's it going, man? It's going super good. I'm also joined by Travis. What's up, dog? Not a whole lot, man. We are here today to discuss Mission Impossible Fallout, the sixth sixth entry in the Mission Impossible franchise. Really? Still going strong. <clears throat> yeah. I thought it was fifth. Nah, it was one, two, three... Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout. I don't think I've seen anything past maybe two. I've only seen Mission Impossible 3 prior to this. Really? Yeah. Wait, is that the one that has... Uh... Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. Yeah, no, I did see that. It. I did see that. Yeah, that was the last one I saw. Um, anyway, we can get more into that later. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Eighth Grade, Bo Burnham's directorial debut, as well as Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, the new film from Gus Van Sant. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what else we've been watching later on in the show. But first things first, Tom, you had a pretty big uh, milestone event. This, yeah. Was it this past weekend? It was this past weekend. It was my 10-year high school reunion. And it was... <laughs> lit <laughs> <laughs> actually lit or uh one night was kind of lit whoa there's multiple nights whoa what was this like a weekend oh, retreat yeah. yeah so sarah pointed pointed this out to me that this was very weird that we had we made a weekend of it but my graduating class was 33 i knew probably eight of them since like kindergarten oh and okay, yeah. a lot of people still live in the area mm-hmm. so i mean it made sense to do more than one night so you so, have a different kind of high school reunion than most people, I'd say. Yeah, it was not like an hour and a half at the school. We didn't even go to the school. We just went to the one bar in town. 33 people, you can imagine, it's pretty small. Did everyone show up? No, we had a few people who didn't show up. Only um, a few, though. I mean, maybe like 10. That's still pretty good. I mean, We never really got the complete or 10 list. 10 didn't show? Ten, 10 who didn't show oh. over the course. I mean, people came for like, some people came for the night at the bar. Next night we did pizza. Um, I went. Crazy shit happening. Yeah, dude. It pizza was crazy. And, beer. <laughs> and then we uh, camped at camped at somebody's house. You know, played some uh, cornhole. Nice. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, the highlight was definitely the night at the bar. Uh, I had four shots of tequila. Oh, my God. Some other things as well. Uh, saw my high school English teacher. That was cool. Uh, what was not cool was that he provided letters that we had written to ourselves 10 years ago when we were seniors. Hell yeah. What? Really? Yes. Was that like an assignment in his class? Yes. Oh, it was an assignment. I'm thinking some people got, or maybe there were multiple prompts or something. I really thought I was going to have like goals. So like, I really hope that you have done. connected to eighth grade then, didn't you? Yeah, dude, I was like, it was perfect. I should have watched it before I went. I don't know. It was a good. It was a good nightcap too, though, for the weekend. But uh, anyway, we we're all reading these letters. Like, what the fuck was wrong with me? I was so stupid. 
You know, you think, like, senior year is not that far removed, right? You think you can remember yourself pretty well. You can almost relate too well to it because it's really embarrassing. It's different than if you get like something from like something you wrote in eighth grade, right? You think that was funny. Something you get when you're you were eighteen. It's like, God, I'm gonna puke all over this. This <laughs> Times New Roman twelve point five. Can you summarize it for us? Uh, yeah, I listed off a bunch of things that I would not forget in ten years, like who my best friends were in high school what I did in high school, what my favorite things were. I listed off some of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hear these. okay. <laughs> um, 13th Warrior. Gladiator. <laughs> uh, no, actually, neither of those were on the list. Uh, Last Mohicans okay. was on oh, the list. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Benny and June was on the list. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> no, it is good. It's, it's a sweet movie, but, like, favorite? Um, I think I had a couple others on there, but... Nothing too embarrassing or interesting either way. Uh, Sarah's favorite line from my letter was, this summer I'm growing my hair out until I can put it in a ponytail and I'm planning on piercing my ears. You said that? Yes. (laughs) Did either of those things happen? The ears did. Okay. (laughs) The hair got very long, but ponytail length is like a serious commitment. Yeah. So... Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, I also wrote like how much gas was at the time, which was like four bucks a gallon. It's expensive. Interesting. Yeah, well, that was that was right. Or, that was I think around the first like big like gas crisis yeah. that we had. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty rough. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my classmates wrote down how many hours they had spent doing like. 40 activities during high school so she had like in spreadsheet format varsity volleyball like 480 hours combined over a few years or something i was like what the fuck was that? What are you doing <laughs> she's like i don't know <laughs> completely insane so uh, it was weird to read the letters but it was really it was really fun hanging out with with everybody did you would you say you generally liked the people that you went to high school with like then and now yeah i would say more now probably than i did in high school yeah. just because i mean not like disliked many people but you find your little groups you know and then you hang out with them and in the moment you don't really branch out it's different when you go back 10 years later and you're like wow yeah i probably should have asked you some questions during the time that i had with you but I mean, now they all have, like, kids and are married, and I don't know. You guys know what my uh, my senior quote was in the yearbook? Can't wait to find out. <laughs> I believe in supporting independent music, living a straight-edge lifestyle, mm. and Danny Trejo for president 2012. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're not making this up, either. No, that was my actual <laughs> quote in my high school yearbook. Yeah, wow. I did write that I hope Hillary Clinton loses. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, time Oh, because you, you graduated changed. in 2008, right? So yes. that was when she ran against Obama? Yes. Yeah. Nice. But I didn't want Obama to win, definitely. So you're, uh, you're a Romney guy, huh? Or McCain? That, that would have been McCain, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Small town Oregon. I did not go to my tenure. No? I think it was last year. Dude, you fucking grew up around here. You didn't go to they your tenure? They had it at a flat stick pub. Why didn't you go? 
Because I feel like I wouldn't have really had much fun. But you only have one opportunity to go to your tenure. I also didn't go to my senior prom or senior like trip thing. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't go to my senior prom. It was kind of a loner. My Dude, this is a table year. of fucking losers. None of us went hey. to prom. Uh, we were the cool kids. <laughs> Actually, I had a girlfriend at the time who didn't go to the same school, but I just didn't want to go to prom just because I didn't think it would have been much fun. Well, that's the same reason I didn't go to prom. Also, I asked a girl to go to prom with me, and she shut me down. So, ouch. Mm. Yeah, I was too busy working senior year. Yeah, putting in thirty to forty hours a week at McDonald's. That's what I did. Excuses, man. Yeah. Excuses. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, glad you had a good time. Yeah, me too. You're going to go to the 20? Dude, somebody mentioned something about the 20, and I was like, I can't deal with this. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me again in nine years. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we need to talk about something real quick before we get into our reviews. Uh, let's talk about the movie pass movie debacle. Pass. What a nightmare. So this whole thing started <laughs> the night that Travis and I saw eighth grade. God damn it. So we, Travis and Chelsea had made plans to see eighth grade and me and Haley, my girlfriend, had made plans to see eighth grade. So I think we like were messaging at work and we, uh, I was Getting like, I'm double seeing eighth grade Yeah. And Travis was like, oh, us too. 8 p.m. Where are you seeing it? I was like, Northgate. He was like, us too. Yeah. So we just kind of <laughs> turned it into a double date. Um, that was the night that MoviePass went down because they didn't shit. have enough money to pay for the tickets. So this was like, I guess I didn't hear this. This was like a, a moment, like an incident. Yes. Like yeah. they crashed. The it whole wasn't thing like went down. Sharp decline. It was like, oops, we're off the cliff now. The app was Pretty working, much. but you basically got an error message saying that the e-ticketing system was down. And then you find out the next day when all the news articles came out that they didn't have money to fulfill the ticket prices. So they had to borrow like $6.2 million from a hedge fund or something on a loan to restore service. Mm -hmm. And then I guess it was... But the entire weekend was a nightmare. Yeah, it was sporadic. Apparently surge pricing was out of control. Um, Well, when I went to go look at like certain theaters for showtimes... There was like no showtimes even listed on their app. It was like Mission Impossible all blacked out. And then it was like maybe like Unfriended and then maybe like one other movie. But like this theater has like 14 screens. So it's probably showing, you know, 10 to 12 different right. movies. But there's only like three on the app. And one of them is Mission Impossible. That is not even an option. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they had another outage, what, one or two days ago where the, it was down again. But and it's it was like sorry this theater has no listings or something um came out this morning so we're recording on july 31st came out this morning what their plan is moving forward increased subscription prices so it's 15 15 bucks a month now instead of 10 Mm -hmm. which is still a pretty good deal like money wise but uh you're not going to be able to see new releases the language is really vague so they basically reserve the right to not allow you to see basically whatever movie they want as long as it opens on like a thousand or more screens or something. Yeah. Which I don't is know which the... is most major releases. Yeah, I read a thousand. Um so they can black out those movies. Who knows how long they're gonna be blacked out for? Like they the, the language is so vague that it, it it's kind of that they leave that open. So it basically means yeah. they could probably 
first week, two weeks, three weeks, who knows? Like, it, it probably depends on the movie. Um, it's it, just a fucking nightmare. They like, came you can't in. Even depend on the service being up. They came in and and shook it up a little bit, but well, they're gone. The thing sure. that they did yeah. wrong was that they there was like no limitations to begin with to get everyone in the door. But then ever since they got everyone in the door, they've just been like putting up roadblocks, and well, that's just and gonna... pri- priced wrong. Well, yeah, ten dollars is way too cheap. But that's how you get like people in 25. the door, you know, it's like a ridiculous deal. Well, you know, you have a slower ramp, you might get more things happening, like 20 bucks. Right. I, I still f- would have done it. Oh, yeah, for I sure. I feel like they they did the opposite approach. You should start with a limited, like, subscription and then try and branch out rather than what they're doing is the complete opposite. I think their their intention was that by putting this prices so low, they would bring in huge volume as far as new subscriptions so they can use... It's only $10, but when like millions of people sign up, now you have that money to play with. Yeah. But it kind of backfired because their intention was to, the theaters would like cut them in on like concessions and they were apparently going to sell the data that they collected. Yeah. And clearly that's not working. So I don't, like how much longer could it possibly last? They ran out of money and people are leaving the service in droves. Like there's everyone on Twitter is like, posting screen caps of like well it took three days but i finally got my movie pass subscription canceled because i guess it's really hard to do in the app it was so you have to mm. like oh you canceled to tom them. yeah so ouch i actually canceled on my way home and i didn't know about any of this because on i was just which day sunday oh okay. so i hadn't heard any of this and uh we just wanted to go see eighth grade and i was like i like a list better i'm switching okay <laughs> So it was hard to find in the app. Yeah, I had I actually Googled how to cancel movie pass, <laughs> and there were some beautiful instructions that were probably put up in the last like forty eight hours as yeah. people were trying to do it. But I'll um, keep it as long as I can see indie movies without a surge price, or if I can see movies that I've missed that I might want to catch up with in like you know three to four weeks. Yeah, because the main thing is is I have a list too, and a list is great and all, but the one drawback is that you can only go to AMC theaters. So, yeah. I mean, that's my main theater. I would though. like to keep movie passes like a little backup just in case I need to go see a movie at another theater yeah. other than AMC. But if I'm getting surged every time and I'm paying an extra five bucks, like I might as well just cancel it and on the off chance pay for a ticket. Like, <laughs> right. Well, there was yeah. um somebody I saw some tweet. Uh, there's a movie theater in like the Los Angeles area that like on Mondays or something they have six dollar tickets. There was an eight dollar surcharge for screenings that day. That so MoviePass was literally charging more in surcharge fees than it is for just the base cost of the ticket. How do they even come up with that? Like, what what is the like equation to be like? And no one knows. Like, it, the, the ticket costs six dollars, but to use our service. At this time, we're gonna charge you eight. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's probably just based on the area average ticket costs. Like, they can't really know each specific theater. Oh, this day they have discounted tickets, so we know we're not gonna have to front. Like, that's just way too much data to collect. Right. You know yeah. I, mean? um, I noticed like the early, or at least in the Seattle area, early showings that had surge pricing were like two to three bucks. The prime time was like five to six and then like later show times were like four to five that was typically the surge for this area Hmm. but i'm not paying any surge 
That's yeah. why I have A-List now. But also, I mean, a service like A-List, yeah, it's only AMC, but you can book it in advance. You can yeah. reserve your seat. You don't have to be within 100 meters or whatever of the theater. So, like, if I want to coordinate with people or if I want to make sure that I'm at a specific showing, like, if I want to have any plans at all, it's just so much easier, so much more convenient. Yeah, it's just also it's an easier service to use. Like, the fact that you just, like, have your ticket in the app and yeah. they just scan it. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. easy. Yeah. Well, and what's nice is that AMC owns A-List or whatever. So, if there's ever any issues with A-List, they have to honor... You know, if there's like a malfunction with the app or the app's down, right. like they're probably going to make make it good, you know, and let right. you in because that actually happened to me where I couldn't check into a movie with a list. It was something weird where I like I tried to pay or like swipe my card at the kiosk to get a ticket, but then there was like a error on the kiosk which like locked me out of reserving another ticket for like 15 minutes on the app, hmm. but like I could never get the initial ticket that I wanted. So basically. I was locked out of the app, couldn't reserve a thing. And I went up to guest services and was like, this is the situation. My movie's starting right now. I don't really want to wait around until the app refreshes or whatever. And he's like, we'll just go right in. Mm-hmm. But if that was movie pass, he'd be like, that's not our problem. Like, yeah. yeah. Contact movie pass. <laughs> yeah. So death of movie pass is imminent. I think. <laughs> there, there's no way it can last much longer. And, like, yeah. AMC A-List is an awesome alternative for us, but we live in a huge city. Yeah. There's so many AMC theaters yeah. that we have access to. Like, at least three within a couple miles. Yeah. You can't say the same thing about most other areas. Yeah. Like, where, like Bellingham, where I'm from, there is just a Regal. That's it. The nearest yeah. AMC, I don't even know where the, the nearest AMC is. So, like... Linwood? No. <laughs> yeah, hour and a half away. Um, so it's an awesome alternative for us because we're, you know, like live in an area where, you know, it's a, it's a major city. There's yeah. Theaters all over the place. Whatever your plans are, like there's probably an AMC near the neighborhood you're going to be in, you know, so you can work around that. Um, but for a lot of people, Movie Pass was like, it's a big deal in them, you know? Yeah. So well, having that competition, boy, though, or A list will get worse, guaranteed. Yeah. So and I Regal think... needs to come out their own. Cinemark's got to make theirs better because theirs is trash. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That we, we don't <laughs> need to get into, into that. I don't really know the specifics. But um, anyway, Movie Pass, rest in peace. Served us well. And, you know, it's on. It's running on fumes now. Right. I know you want to try and ride that train. I'm in. Until it derails and kills everyone. But <laughs> we will see what happens. Um Okay. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about? There is a new Regal short film. We've bitched about it on the show before. Uh, there's another one. It's just more blatant uh, advertising for concessions. It's like a runway uh, pre- movie premiere. Some yeah. hot model sees this guy holding popcorn and a soda, and she like he offers takes it to sp- her, and then he's her date for the night to go watch the movie. Yeah. Based on a true story, mm. pretty awesome. Yeah, that would I prefer happen. the uh, I prefer the Sif Cinemas intro. Sif members get it. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you've definitely seen if it's you've been to a Sif screening. Yeah, the guy, the guy who's sitting in the front row, and they're talking about all the perks that you get for being a Sif member, and like someone brings him champagne. Oh, uh, okay. And they're like exclusive parties, and, and they have a like, dance from... party in the theater, and he's like super <laughs> and happy. And then two like people sit next on either side of him, and then. 
look like they're going to have a, th- a three-way with him. And he gets oh, kind yeah. of excited. Man, Sith membership sounds lit. Yeah, yeah, all you have to do is just rescore that and just like be like a bounce. <laughs> I do kind of like uh, Majestic Bay's little at the start. Yeah, that one's neat too. So what I hate is this stupid Diet Coke uh, or oh, maybe with, it's with Jillian Jacobs? No, it's Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Where she's oh, just like walking yeah. and talking. Her the whole the whole message of this it's like why is, not have a Coke or something? Is yeah. basically what what she says is yeah, it's not good for you, but if you want it, you should just get it. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like I, what, I don't know. It's like they're obviously admitting to the fact that you soda is unhealthy about or whatever. Like, no, if you want to run a marathon, sounds like really hard, but you could just drink this sugar water. Yeah. I mean, the whole campaign is basically, fuck it, just drink a Diet Coke. Yeah. Like, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate it, but actually, I didn't need it because I was already drinking Coke at every single showing. And I was already loving the slow motion Coke pours <laughs> and looking at the ice cold Coca-Cola. Well, also, I feel like those Regal films don't really sell me on buying concessions. I know it's there. It's been there ever since I could remember. Like, Well, why aren't they showing them before the preview starts? Yeah, right. Show them first. Because if, if you change so my you mind, can, like, I don't go have any get time. it. I don't like Oh, shit, I, I like forgot. Yeah, I got to go like, get my concessions fuck, now. Do I have more than like 90 seconds to go get this thing of milk duds? Uh, anyway. Oh, actually, if we could just real quick. So... Last episode, I talked about that monster in front of me at Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, the one that's hooting and hollering so and everything. At the end of my story, I was like, that was pack- that was like missing something, but I couldn't really remember what until after we recorded. Oh. The thing that bugged me most about that person was that, so you know at AMC 10 how they have those little tables next to you mm-hmm. yeah. to put your stuff on or whatever? Well, that person had the popcorn to the left of them and was reaching for the popcorn with the right hand, but like obnoxiously. Like, Who does that? They were just like crashing into the bag with their hand, just like, and then like stuff, 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 stuff. <laughs> it's just like, this is probably doing nothing for the listener. But like, <laughs> Travis is gesturing with his hands to mimic the people He's reach. eating lots of popcorn. I hate once. when people are like so oblivious to how obnoxious they're being while eating. Yeah. And I talked about this a bit. Yeah, during uh, my Phantom Thread number one of 2017, uh-huh. as far as people bugging me when they eat, but like, like just be a little quieter. No, no <laughs> like, one, no one can get it right. They just can't. Because I was at Mission Impossible, and there was like six people in that theater, and there was a couple in the row behind me. I'm the only person in my row. They were the only two in their row, and they were like four seats down, and I could feel my seat vibrating. I don't know what this dude was doing, but he had like his feet up on the seats in front of him and was just like kicking around like a little eight year old because it's vibrating all the way down the way. And I kept thinking, is he like getting up and walking right behind me and brushing my chair every six seconds or what's happening? Because I thought that there was some sort of like special effects going on with the action scenes in that yeah. movie. <laughs> but man, you don't have to crash into the bag with your hand. Just, you know, calmly grab a few kernels. I know. You know pop them in your mouth. I think they should make special bags too for like yes. peanut M&Ms because I'm always getting those peanut oh, M&Ms. Just anything. Just yeah, <laughs> anything. But this, why don't they just have like a silent bag? Just like a silk drawstring bag. Oh my God. <laughs> Just yes. cradle the M&M's. Or the yeah. people who, who oh, accentuate rubber? like every crunch of the kernel when they put mm-hmm. the one popcorn in their mouth. I'm just like, do you have to be an asshole? <laughs> like, 
just people just have no self-awareness i guess not like that's that's the problem but it is frustrating sometimes all right we need to get this show moving yes why do we even go <laughs> so leisurely stroll through bitch town uh okay our first review is going to be mission impossible fallout we have a clip here we go i know what you're thinking maybe they're not here for you maybe they're just here for me are you willing to take that chance you have something i want Right now, that makes me the only person you can trust to get you out of here alive. I think I'd like to go home now. Okay, Mission Impossible Fallout stars Tom Cruise. I don't know who that is. Uh, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Angela Bassett, Alec Baldwin. As we said at the top of the show, this is the sixth installment in the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, Writer-director Christopher McQuarrie comes back from rogue nation so this is the first time in the series history where a director has returned i think he also wrote ghost protocol or at least a version of the script did he mm-hmm. okay well first time a director has come back yeah. mission impossible one it's brian de palma two was john woo yep three was jj abrams four was brad bird yep and then these past two have been christopher mccrory uh, franchise is his now <laughs> Plot synopsis reads, Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar allies, race against time after a mission gone wrong. People have been saying this is the best action movie since Mad Max Fury Road. What did you guys think of Mission Impossible Fallout? Hmm. Who wants to start? Well, I thought it was totally kick-ass and I loved it. Um... Maybe I would give one of the John Wick movies the edge on the whole action thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a different kind of action, though. It's a different kind of action, right? It's not quite so block... Well, I mean, Mission Impossible is like the ultimate blockbuster action movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just start with that. I thought it was kick-ass. See, yeah, I would probably say the same thing, but if we start counting like the raid or raid two then mm-hmm. you know might be a different conversation. Those came out before Mad Max, but... Oh, also, right. I don't right. think we yeah. count those. <laughs> I don't think we count those. In what, the action movie conversation? Yeah. Why? Because they're a very specific genre of action movie. So wait, we would count John Wick, but we wouldn't count The Raid? Yes. They count? There's like gun gun action in those movies Yeah, but... There's fight sequences. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. They count. I guess if Mad Max and and John Wick are in the same universe, then so is The Raid. But I'm saying John Wick and Mission Impossible, they have, like, thematic similarities. They're both, like, super spy-type characters, you know? Suave, older men who are using sometimes silencers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I can see what you're saying, I guess. Um, But when you throw Mad Max into the mix, my uh, argument kind of falls apart. Yeah. So, yeah, probably the best action movie as far as, like, big action movies go since Fury Road. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, could do 
without the like the plot stuff, I just feel like it's another Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Like the the story doesn't really excite me that much. It just it's like, oh, we have a mission and we need to accomplish this thing. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a fair point. I was never really that invested in the story, but I mean, there were some kind of fun little twists and turns throughout yeah. it. Double crosses. You don't really know who's on whose side. I mean, it's vintage. Mission Impossible. Yeah. You also think, like, you think the bad guys got one over on Ethan Hunt and his friends, and then it turns out they knew that was going to happen. You know, like, lots of little kind of clever plot moments like that. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, a pretty long runtime, but entertaining for the most part. And the action sequences are definitely the the main attraction. Yeah. Main, including, I mean, the best scene in the movie is the helicopter sequence, and no one can argue that it's not. I disagree. Yeah, I also disagree. Well, which one do you think's better? Probably a couple. My favorite <laughs> my favorite is the the sky jump. Man, when's the last time you saw a point break, Matt? Cuz Point Break did it better. <laughs> did whoever the fucking guy in Point Break is do-, do it like Tom dive? Cruise did? Oh, we could, Yeah, the sky dive. We could get into the whole Tom Cruise. I also really like the chase star. scene. The car, the car chase, yeah, multiple cool. vehicles. Lots of changes going on. Yeah, the yeah. bike stuff. That was yeah, too. secret identities. I saw oh, that in Born Ultimatum. Yep. About 10 <laughs> years ago. No. It was awesome in that no, movie, was, too. Yeah, no. And all, all the action sequences are awesome, um, but I feel like the, the main highlight would be the helicopter sequence. Yeah, I mean, that was also rad, yeah. I mean, this is this is a movie where usually I wouldn't... A movie that has really awesome set pieces that doesn't have much else going on, I would be like, yeah, it was okay. The action was fun. But the set pieces in this are just so, like, the stakes are so high. Like, not just within the plot, but just, like, the people involved. Like, they're so dangerous. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise is actually out there fucking, like, breaking his ankle, doing stunts, (laughs) hanging on the edge of cliffs, climbing into helicopters, jumping out of planes 20,000 feet in the air. His physical performance is impressive, especially him running at, like, full speed. For, for like so an extended long. period, t- I could not do that <laughs> even if I trained for it. <laughs> yeah, so it, this is one of those movies where I was just like the whole time I was watching it, like my mouth was open. I was just like, "What?" You know, <laughs> yeah. like this is crazy. Um, is it a perfect movie? No, there's lots of little annoying, uh, like there's lots of uh, exposition, conveniences, too. conveniences yeah. characters oh, just so talking convenient. about things, <laughs> obvious things. Uh, as well, mm-hmm. um, some bad acting. Ving Rhames, his his like monologue with the with the woman Michelle Monahan. Yeah, do you remember Towards that? The end? No, uh, no, 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 no. Oh. Wait, which one's Michelle Monahan? His wife. No, no, no. The other, interest. The other woman. Oh, her. Yeah. When he's just talking about how kick ass Ethan is. Oh yeah. Yeah. I There's was, a lot uh, of that in this movie. Bad. A lot of just like, oh, Ethan Hunt is such a good guy. Yeah. like, Which, I mean, that's kind of the, one of the themes of the film is uh, Ethan Hunt willing to save one life at the expense of potentially millions. Right. Like, they, they view that as a virtue, the fact that he's, he's willing to, like, who he cares about, he'll do whatever he needs to to ensure that their safety, that his team survives and is intact. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, The Rock would never do that. No, The Rock would never do that. He would have saved the world. For sure. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the set pieces are, are where it's at. Like yeah. some of the coolest action set pieces I've ever seen. Uh, it all looks really good. Yeah. Um, every, like everything about the movie from an action perspective, even like you can see it in the trailer <clears throat> where uh, there's that like hand to hand fight scene in the bathroom. That was also pretty cool. Like yeah. that was that was an awesome. Have you seen the slow scene. motion okay. examination of that scene? No, I have not. Is it like a frame by like a It's like so supposedly they took a ton of different shots of that whole scene and had to splice them together over time. And they're making the argument I didn't see it the first time. I don't know if what I was watching had been edited, but there's this this clip on the internet of Henry Cavill where he does that thing where he pops out his reloads his oh, arm. Yeah, reloads, <laughs> arm reload. I mean, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> dope. In the trailer, though, there's yes. a sound effect, right? Yeah, they took the sound effect okay, out. Okay, because I was I waiting that. for it, and I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. yeah, where's the whoosh? Yeah. <laughs> but but you, I'm glad they took watch it out of the his, When he does that, his beard gets a little bit thicker, and then he gets a pocket in his shirt. It's like he had a gray shirt that doesn't have a pocket oh, at no. first, Whoa, and then really? he has a gray shirt that does. So it's like continuity air? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be completely my imagination, or it could have been messed with. Cause yeah, like alternate. Yeah, because I, w- I watched one where I was I wasn't focused on the beard. I was just looking at the pocket, and I was like, I think that's just the lighting. But anyway, you should you should check it out. See if it's yeah, if it's legit. <laughs> maybe it's just a mission of possible conspiracy theory. Yeah, maybe. I wasn't. <coughs> excuse me. I wasn't crazy about the casting of Henry Cavill. He's not a good actor. No, no, and he he's just so straight-laced. Like, you have to have the right role for him. And I think that they thought they had the right role he's for that. He's just kind of boring. But, yeah. Like, he's, he's just not, he's not very, captivating at all. No. He's, he's a good Superman, because Superman is kind of this, like, stoic, kind of bland guy. He Henry Cavill does not have a ton of charisma. Yeah. Mm. No. Like, you look at a guy like him and a guy like Army Hammer, and Army Hammer just has more charisma in his pinky toe right than henry cavill does both very attractive physically formidable men but henry cavill just he just can't hang yeah i mean tom cruise is he the greatest actor in the world no but he's very capable and you know he like he's not doesn't have show a lot of range but he is about as good of a leading man as you can ask for right? yeah i mean he's also been doing this for like Thirty years or so, probably, and he, this is his sixth Mission Impossible movie. So I feel How like old is he Tom probably Cruise? makes. He's fifty six. He's fifty six years old. Yeah, and he's makes doing movie, movie making like looks so easy. Oh, I know. <laughs> doing all this crazy shit at fifty six, like he's about the same age as my dad, and like, no offense, dad, but like, <laughs> <laughs> there's you got nothing. On um so yeah i mean i i love this movie a lot it doesn't really hang with some of the best movies of the year just because like beyond the spectacle there's not a ton there this is a movie that i think i i will buy and rewatch. but outside of just these crazy stun pieces yeah there's really not a ton there the plot isn't that interesting you're not there like you don't even really have like a like a really good villain performance like philip seymour hoffman in no. three i do i don't know the actor's name but i feel like he's capable i like of being a good villain it's just he doesn't get a ton of screen yeah. time in this you know what i mean 
And I like kind of the goofy interplay within like their unit with like Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames and all that stuff. Well, he's like, also like captive most of the movie, so it doesn't really give him a chance to be villainous. And I'm assuming he has a much bigger role in Rogue Nation, but that's the only one I haven't seen, so I can't really comment on that. But yeah. I feel like he fits the bill as far as a good villain goes, but he just, yeah, he doesn't really get much to do here. I also appreciated that coming from someone who has only seen Mission Impossible 3, I never really felt lost. Like, there were characters who clearly have history in this franchise, but yeah. I didn't really feel like I was missing out on, on a yeah. ton. Maybe you can view that as a negative, the fact that you have these characters who span multiple movies. The only thing that was maybe kind of lost on me is he apparently has a, a, a extensive history with, like, the main assassin chick yeah who's like kind of a good guy kind of a bad guy like you know i think that had been mostly in rogue nation because i don't recall much of her in the previous ones yeah and like when when was michelle monahan's character introduced into this franchise anyone have any idea i thought maybe this was the first movie maybe initially i don't know because they opened the movie with like them him dreaming about them getting married and then yeah i'm going i thought that we were just supposed to fill in the blanks She's got to be in previous ones, right? Maybe. Let me check, Matt. It seems weird to open the movie with with that imagery. Oh God, how do you spell? Her I like last that name? opening. M O N A G H A N. I think that's how I would do it. Yeah. Um. I. Nice. She has nothing to do in the movie. She's a very minor character, but. Yeah. So it looks like she's been in them since the th- third one. So she was in the third one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember that. And but. the fourth and the fifth. Sounds like she's, it. She's well. She <clears> doesn't <throat> have a credit in Rogue Nation, but she has a credit in MI3, Ghost Protocol, and Fallout, according to mm. Letterboxd. Okay. So well, anyway, so love this movie. Uh, do I think it's perfect? No, but in the theater, like this is one that I want to see a second time for mm-hmm. sure, preferably on a bigger screen. Um, you haven't talked about. You saw it in 3D, Tom. You want to talk about that a little bit? How oh, I was going to say 3D looked good. Yeah? But it's been so long since I've seen a 3D movie that I don't know what to compare it to, really. Do you still wish you would have saw it in 2D? Mm. Or could go either way. It's really hard to say. I don't know. Right? Yeah. It looked good. That's it's good. not distracting anymore. Like, no. it's pretty immersive. But it also, I didn't feel like it added that much. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm missing some of maybe, like, the grittiness or something. If I'm not well, this like maybe some of the film, definition so that I, I'm not catching with definitely 3D. some grit going on. It still looked good and it looked yeah. really good, but um, mainly I just get kind of annoyed having the glasses on. Yeah, and it dims everything too. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Colors don't pop quite as much when you yeah. watch it in 3D. I saw I saw a skyscraper in 3D. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I would have rather seen it in 2D <laughs> because of your fear of heights. <laughs> No, I just, it just, yeah, it, it just dims the movie and just adds an extra layer that I don't really need. Yeah. It doesn't add anything where I'm like, oh, you know, I was glad I saw that image in three dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's the same, same for this. There were trailers that I thought had more, made more sense as a 3D experience than <laughs> than the movie did. I like the gimmicky 3D experience, like uh, Piranha 3D. Yeah. Or Jackass 3D. Oh, yeah. actually, the uh, the skydiving scene in 3D looked really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you're twisting and turning all around the, the characters. It looked awesome. See, just what blows my mind about this movie is just thinking about, like, the logistics that went into filming something like that. Because in that, in that skydive sequence, there's a moment where, where Tom Cruise has to basically angle himself so that he's going at Henry Cavill's character at a pretty high speed, and they kind of collide, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, like... People mm-hmm. could have d- easily died filming any of these stunts. Like the amount of precision that was required for all of this stuff, the danger involved with all of it. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty remarkable and it pays off when you're watching it because it's just so like tense. And like, I, like I said earlier, like my mouth was open the whole time. I was just in awe of yeah. the action sequences. Yeah. Like it's this really is, something special. This is how Tom Cruise gets off. <laughs> and I really, I need you to watch. Okay, first of all, I need you to watch Mission Impossible One because how have you not seen Mission Impossible? Um, yeah. And then I need you to evaluate because it's been so long since I've seen them. If that movie is as goofy as this is, because like Ethan Hunt's character is made kind of the butt of a few jokes, which is interesting because I just remember him being like so suave, so cool, nothing could touch him. But he gets like bested quite a few times in this, in this movie, which is fun in its own way. But yeah, I'm curious yeah. to see how that's, that's changed. Anything else you guys want to say on uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? Do we want to talk spoilers at all, or no? I don't think there's anything we really need to talk about. Do you? I think we all agree that the plot was not the highlight. Yeah, <laughs> there is one moment towards the end that was pretty awesome. But I don't feel like it would add much talking about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can <laughs> for the talk show about at it. least. <laughs> we can talk about it in between, uh, in between reviews if you want. If you want to mention it. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's try some star ratings on this bad boy. Four point five. See, I'm so torn between a four and a four point five because I feel like it's a four star movie, but the helicopter sequence and Tom Cruise physical performance give it a half star bump. Mm-hmm. So, go with the... Mm, you just answered the question. 4.5. Final answer. 5 out of 5. <laughs> 5 out of 5, Matt. Fucking love The guy it. who gives me shit for giving movies 5 out of 5. The guy you who... Just said, this is a fucking great movie. You yeah. just said that this movie wasn't anything special, but yeah, the I said it's not perfect. I didn't say it wasn't anything special. <laughs> you need to align your critiques with your star ratings more accurately. No, no it's okay. You fucking can, blew me away. You can give it a 5, Matt. <laughs> I already can't wait to see it again. Like I got out of the theater and I was like, I want. I already want to go see this movie again. That doesn't happen. It's a little long. We played Fortnite. Um, I don't think it's long. We played Fortnite after he came home from the movie and he wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah, it's like okay, dude, I'm seeing it. Just, just calm down. Okay? <laughs> yeah, seeing to make sure. He's like, if Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation are even remotely as good as this, I have to watch them immediately. <laughs> yeah, <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, Which one of those? We're supposed to be pretty good. Both. Really? Some people say Rogue Nation is the best of the franchise. Some people say, yeah. They go back. Some people love Ghost Protocol the most. Some people love Rogue Nation the most. I don't know. It, it's hmm. People are split on it. I feel like Consensus, it seems, is like the best standalone sequence in any of these movies is in Ghost Protocol. It's the one where he's like oh, swinging on the, on the Burj Khalifa, which is the the tallest building in the world. In, in, in Dubai, Dubai. Hmm. it seems like the general consensus is that is the best individual stunt that has ever been in any of these movies. But some people think Rogue Nation is a stronger man, movie. That fucking helicopter sequence. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty it cool. Was pretty awesome. I don't know if I've really seen something like that in a movie, 
like I don't know, man. That grand and just like watching Tom Cruise like actually do that shit on the bottom of the helicopter, like when sequences get that big, I kind of tune out. It was ridiculous, but at the same time, like it was like immersive and believable. Like sure the like crashing and the convenience of like where it crashed and how it landed and all I'm that. Just gonna like, say. That stuff is ridiculous, <laughs> but all the stuff in the air and like the close calls and like the maneuvering and just how like persistent he is, like it yeah. was, it was fucking. Well, sweet. I love the line <laughs> that he uh, was basically admits that he doesn't have a plan, but he'll figure it right. out. You know, <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, it's like I got this. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean that's cool. Like that, that kind of increases the tension for me because the characters openly admit, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, but we're gonna figure it out. So like, there really aren't any other mm. options. You see a guy taken off in a helicopter. You see the second helicopter taking off behind him, like it's a snap decision. You don't have time to make a plan, yeah, until you're fucking dangling a thousand feet in the air, like over a cliff. Like. Well, and as like a a viewer of this, like I didn't really see where it was going or what his plan was until it actually happened. I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good shit. Good shit. Okay, that's gonna do it for Mission Impossible Fallout. Next review is going to be eighth grade. We have another clip. Let's listen. I said one more week of eighth grade, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, huh? I can't believe you're going to be in high school. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I don't know. You excited? Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, 8th grade feature film debut of comedian Bo Burnham. Plot synopsis reads, An introverted teenage girl tries to survive the last week of her disastrous 8th grade year before leaving to start high school. Film stars Elsie Fisher, Josh Hamilton, and uh, a bunch of no-namers. I have been pretty excited for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, The trailers alone have come close to bringing me to tears. Uh, Ridiculous. Very excited to see this. (laughs) Very excited to see this. trailer was really good. I don't know if it was cry-worthy, but... (laughs) Well, I said almost brought me to tears. It would make me feel emotional. It prepped me for a good cry. I was like, I'm ready to go to that movie and cry now. Okay, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the question is... Did did you you cry? cry? (laughs) I did cry a little bit. Me too. (laughs) I did not. Not even close. Of course. Not even close. During the backyard scene? Around the campfire? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. 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 I just didn't like this movie. No, I liked it. Hmm. Okay. I just didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me Care to elaborate? Let me or? Start. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I have too much negative to say about it, other than like I just feel like he maybe tried a little too hard with some of the points he was trying to make, and also um, I don't really feel like it's that hard to portray what he was portraying on screen like artistically at least like if you try and portray like you know you're trying to get a certain point or theme across in a movie i feel like you have to be a little bit more like artsy or like 
you know, hidden about what you're trying to do, like subtle, I guess. But with this, it's just like get these kids to act like themselves, but maybe just like a little bit of like a hyper version of that. Hmm. And like, I just feel like we already kind of have what this movie's trying to say, like in our minds to begin with. So I don't really feel like it was bringing anything like necessarily new to the table, but like what it did still was still like effective in like, I get what it was trying to do, but at the same time, it just felt like it was maybe trying a little too hard or maybe being like a little too like in your face about it. So I would disagree. I never felt like the movie was trying too hard. The opening sequence alone, I feel like was trying too hard (laughs) with the, with her opening, how awkward she was. Yeah. Maybe one or two less likes, ums, or so you know. Like, there were so many of those just in that opening little, like, diary video that I was like, you're trying way too hard to try and, like, sound awkward or, you know, like. Mm -hmm. See, I I don't agree with that, like, at all. Like, I think, well, first I'll say I love this movie. And I think part of the reason why it resonated with me so much is because I at that age was also very awkward, very uh, insecure. So I can't even imagine growing up in this day and age where like everyone is putting themselves out there on social media, her feeling the need to like make these videos, I think is an attempt to like try and put herself out there in a situation where no one's actually watching you. But I know in situations where I would need to speak publicly or talk about subjects, I would also probably use like every other word and not be able to formulate the thoughts that I want to formulate. Like, I don't think it was trying too hard. I do think the intention was to make you feel uncomfortable. I do think the goal there was here's this girl who is trying to say something about a very general topic, you know, like fitting in or or like <laughs> putting yourself out there. Like the topics of the videos are very general. And she's clearly not someone who should be giving any advice about this stuff. But it's coming from a genuine place. She's doing this to make herself feel better about what she's doing, you know, because is she right. embellishing? Yes. But I don't know. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, but I think, I don't think it was trying too hard. Like, I don't know if you've been around, like, kids that age, but really awkward ones trying to get them to talk. Like, they oh, can't yeah. even formulate a fucking sentence. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but I also feel like, like, that's, like, a known thing. And, like, just putting it in a movie doesn't necessarily make it, like, this, like, you know, something I wasn't aware of or, like, it just seemed kind of on the nose. And... Um, to your point about feeling awkward, I feel like everyone at that age probably felt a little awkward. And like, I still remember giving a presentation in like seventh or eighth grade where I literally said like every other word because I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And my teacher called me out and gave me shit for it basically in front of the whole class, which did not help the situation. <laughs> so like, I can relate on that. But like, at the same time, I also feel like the tone was like a little weird for this movie and I'm sure you guys can agree, but like at times it was like awkward and like sad or like uncomfortable, but then also like I found myself laughing at the same time. So it was like, I was like conflicted with how I was supposed to feel 
while watching certain scenes, hmm. which made me just feel weird. I was like, I like that. Should element. I be laughing? Should I be? And I felt both, which I guess would be, I don't know if you would consider that a compliment to the movie or not, but like, I felt very conflicted watching certain scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's rooted in empathy. Like you, what she's saying is very awkward, but it's also a funny situation. Yeah. She says, like, there's a scene, it's in the trailers too, where she's trying to get her dad to come pick her up from that pool party and she's like texting. And then that boy that she has a crush on walks in <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey. right. and she's, oh, and she freaks out. And then he's like, I just want to charge my phone. She's like, oh, yeah, I-, I charge my phone too. Like, you know, just like situations <laughs> like that where you just say something before you think. And then you're stuck in the middle of it trying to get out of it. And at that age, you haven't developed, like, escape plans. You know, you just, like, fumble your way through a conversation. And it is uh, awkward and really hard to watch. But it's also funny because you can, like, I I know I've been in those situations, especially around girls. Dude, I suck at small talk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Catch me in the line at the grocery store. I'm just... Get me out of there. <laughs> Self-checkout, where are you? Because we're not going there. I, I, I totally get all that stuff. Reunion. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I guess someone else could give their... Uh, well, did you give your general impressions? No, I'm I'm in the middle of you guys. I liked it a lot. Um, some things I liked about it. The score... Although it felt at times a little bit like a crutch. It kept going back to it. You know, those scenes where it's just like you're following her and you have this weird electronic music. I recognize one of the songs by Anna Meredith. I think she did the whole she did the whole soundtrack. Um, did you recognize the song that plays when the boy she has a crush on when she sees him? No, those were hilarious. That's- that was also something I think that he did maybe like one too many times. Well, he did it twice. It was only twice? I think it was like three. Well, because I know I know the song. That's oh. why I picked up on it. Okay. It's by a Perturbator. Oh, yeah. It's like a synthwave guy. Yeah. That's a Perturbator song. When she when she sees him and she like sees his eyes and it goes into slow motion. That, so like, funny. That super like, oh, my God. synthy, like, bass-heavy song. I, love I thought that. that was hilarious. Oh, it may yeah, just yeah. be because I love that artist and just mm. like that juxtaposition was, was really funny to me. Um, but... Okay, so there's those two scenes. There's a scene like right at the beginning, I think, when she goes to school. There's a scene at the pool party. That was the best one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's like the way that song goes, it's kind of got this magical, like promising opening to it where she's walking up to the the window to look out at this pool party she's at. And then it just, the music turns, all these brass instruments come in. It's like way more intimidating and scary. And you just look out at all these eighth graders with like braces having fun and it just looks like a bloodbath even though everybody's just playing around with floaty toys yeah. <laughs> right yeah uh i really like the performance of the the actress yes L- yeah she was really C- good lc fisher she's been in LC anything fisher. else or is this i don't think so or... yeah she's been in some small things I think. Oh, okay um i think i looked her up i thought she did an eighth grader really well uh, Sarah, who just taught seventh grade, corroborates this. Um, Does she deal with some of this uh, awkwardness? <laughs> I think just the social media thing. Yeah, like it's just different. You know? Right. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't have that. No. Not even close. And I'm not even like in tune with social media 
this much like these days. So no. like, yeah, I, I don't know. I play Fortnite with like younger kids and so I get some of that aspect where mm-hmm. like they just care about the most unimportant things that don't even matter as far as what the game is, but they're most obsessed about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of shit. Like you just obsess over stuff that really doesn't matter. <laughs> like the filters in Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's hard to say what is missing exactly to make this like a five star movie for me or like a perfect movie. Cause I was totally ready for this to be my favorite movie of the year. But um, I still, I still really liked it. I liked the relationship with the father, some, some good moments, some good good relationships he was really good i really like the his performance i really hope most girls aren't that shitty to their parents though she wasn't that shitty to him i mean she was very the first like half at least she's very dismissive and rude but i mean i don't know i don't think that seemed that out of place he kind of brushed it off and you know that's just being a teenager yeah i don't know if i could have gotten away with that kind of stuff when i was that age no i mean i'm not a girl living in this you know age at that age but like if i were to try and like put headphones in at the dinner table (laughs) i don't care if it's friday night and you were given carte blanche or whatever like that is not gonna happen yeah things are so different she's so disrespectful to him though like that's where i feel like it was like maybe trying a little too hard like oh we're gonna like make it look like they have such a like shitty relationship and then we're gonna try and like I took that as more Do showing about it later. how, you know, adolescents who are struggling take it out on their parents. Yeah, you know but I, I, mean? I guess it could have been a little more subtle. Like, it was really, like, uncomfortable watching her be so shitty to her dad. Because he's a not... a lot of kids are like that. I know, but, like, I can't see him to, like, that extent. I mean, sure, it's a 90-minute movie, so we're getting, like snapshots of this character's life in this fictional world yeah but like i don't know I, we I, just got all the shitty 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 moments of her and her dad where like you could you didn't really get anything until that sequence you guys were talking about yeah yeah i don't know i don't i don't agree but that she wasn't super shitty to her dad the entire movie honestly super <laughs> shitty I, no i think I, she was just being yeah, a teenager i think so too i also think that I mean, that's I'm not so, a parent, so and I didn't rude, have any though, siblings. To, like parent, whatever, whatever you call it, to a human being, to like, yeah, but shut them out like that, like, yeah, but when you're a parent, you, you pick your battles. I think, I <laughs> and guess. maybe the dinner table was actually like one he was willing to put aside for <laughs> other situations that would have been worse. Or We're something. also yeah. talking about kids that are 15 years younger than we are. Right. I'm. I'm not saying that like this stuff isn't realistic but like literally the only stuff we got was like shitty shitty moments with her dad until like the final moments of the movie yeah but he has failures too it's not just her yeah and at that age you i mean with a lot of kids you don't have a lot of good moments with your parents it's very volatile time yeah i I can i think i had a pretty good relationship with my parents uh my entire life but i was also a shitty kid to them especially around that really awkward age like late middle to school, that extent, early high though, school. like with what was shown on screen i'm a little brat yeah like if we were to encompass your few years of that age in one you wouldn't be shitty 100 percent of the time 
But you have to also keep in mind that this was her last week of eighth grade. She was having a terrible year, terrible time, lots of really shitty things happening to her at school. She got voted most quiet. Like, I I do think that, yes, to your point, like, is she not nice to her dad? Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, they they would never give that award. Or best (laughs) eyes. Like, those those awards were... uh, were kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that was a little strange. I do agree. I mean, it was funny as a punchline, most quiet. 2018. But... We don't do awards like that. Yeah. <laughs> Every award is positive. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that we have to view it in its context. This is a very stressful time in her life. I don't think... We clearly do see that they have a, a loving relationship with each other, and she does open up to him when she needs to. We don't see a ton of it. Yeah. But, yes, is she incredibly rude to him? Yes. Is she dismissive? Yes. But I do also think she's really stressed out, very insecure about herself. I mean, that this yeah. all comes to light in that conversation they have towards the end of the movie, where she just basically acknowledges how shitty she is to him. You know, like, I, I think that's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to come off as too dismissive. Oh, sure, um, sure. I'll be, I just want to play contrarian a little bit. <laughs> um, I did really like the movie. I just feel like the things that I brought up were the reasons why it's holding it back from being, like, a perfect movie. Hmm. What I really, really appreciated about it is seeing this girl in these situations that, like, we look at now as not being that scary but things like going to a birthday party for a kid that you might not be that close with and you may only know one or two people at the party i don't know about you guys but those kind of situations like stress the hell out of me i would lose sleep like for the week leading up to it just nervous about like being around people I'm not familiar with, I, uh, am I going to come across as a loser? What am I going to say? You know, like the social anxiety <laughs> that oh, goes man, along I with I that. I was a really anxious, <laughs> insecure kid, and I think that's kind of why seeing her put in these situations that are like very small scale, but seeing how much anxiety she feels. Yeah, that's I, why I loved it so much. I agree that I think those scenes were really well done and did a good job also of showing both at the same time right to the audience it's it's clear that this is a low risk situation (laughs) you're gonna be fine but it made you remember you know what it feels like to not have those experiences and to to, you know you got to deal with these people at school every day afterward there's no escape from if you fuck up at this pool party yeah i guess maybe the whole social media like context is what's maybe like throwing me off a bit because like when i was that age I felt like I was awkward, but I wasn't as aware of it. But like, I feel like I'm more aware of that kind of stuff when I was like my senior year of high school or even like now, if I'm going to a place or a party where I don't know many people, I'm like consciously thinking like, I don't know if I want to go because like, I only know maybe two people there and I don't want to like just talk to those two people and I'm like nervous to branch out and talk to other people. And what if I spend the whole party just like standing at like next to the wall awkwardly? Like, I feel like I deal with that kind of stuff more now than I did in eighth grade. As weird as that may sound. Mm. I don't know if you guys feel the same way at all, but like if you're going into an uncomfortable situation, I feel like I'm more conscious of it now than I was in eighth grade. But like, even in like a lot of that is just because I'm a, an adult, an adult now. (laughs) And you have more, (laughs) 
brain functionality like, going on. Like you're just more aware of. I would just literally rather watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, but you have a, an escape, an easy escape, I guess. With eighth grade, you feel like school and your friends. Yeah, and but your I mean, I do remember companions are life or whatever. I think in eighth grade, I had a pretty close friend friend group. I I know I did, but before that, maybe like fifth grade. You know, you got to go get dropped off by your mom or your dad. They're not coming back for a few hours. Oh, yeah. If you're at some party, you know, and it's like maybe the kids you don't really hang out with that much. It's like, okay, well, here we go. I got a shitty birthday gift to give somebody. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a great swimmer. I mean, we could go on <laughs> tangents about like personal experiences, but like I switched schools in sixth grade, which is like the last year of elementary school halfway through the year so i'd gone through i'd gone through school kindergarten through like half of sixth grade at one school knew everyone there last half of my sixth grade you know elementary school career i spent in a new school and trying to make new friends and like like i would like just hang out with people that i like knew wouldn't normally be my friends but it was like these people are cool so i'm gonna hang out with these people because they're actually giving me the time of day with Everyone else is not giving me the time of day because I'm the new kid. Yeah. But then even in like high school, like my senior year, I was working a lot, so I was barely at school anyways. But when I was at school, my best friends either like moved, drifted apart, or like dropped out or whatever. And so like I went to like the library at lunchtime if I was ever like at school, which is yeah. like super lame and like Well, I feel like you should relate with this this girl more. But I can't tell if you relate hard. with her or if you think that the movie didn't portray an accurate experience. I don't know. I just feel like it was a little too in your face about it. And mm. I didn't necessarily feel that kind of stuff when I was in eighth grade, but I feel it more so like in my later years, but maybe not to the extent that she does. But I also don't have that like social media aspect when I was in eighth grade to really like cement that yeah i feel Cause it like changes the game the whole social media aspect changes the game it, de it definitely does i think uh one thing i i did appreciate about the movie it, which also kind of detracts from it as a movie you have to really <laughs> think about it is like her her high moments are not very high like there's a scene where she tells somebody off right she finally works up the courage to say what she thinks to somebody <laughs> yeah and there is no there's no reaction yeah and that's that's real that's probably like exactly what would have happened yeah yeah because yeah. it's still it doesn't really matter like you're and when you're in that position you're not really saying it to get a reaction from someone yeah. i feel like in her position the courage was just Exactly. saying it. all of her failures yes yeah all of her failures and victories are like in her own head yes so yeah i mean you have to be prepared for some silence in this movie from the main character you only really get inside her thoughts when she does her videos and she's not articulate as we've already covered yeah but i did also like how the the videos were like kind of like breakups within the movie little like intros little to her her uh vignettes of yeah new challenges in life yeah <laughs> and she was like trying to practice what she preached but she really couldn't and then that yeah. kind of comes full circle at the end yeah um so i did appreciate those i guess from like a setting up point but like i don't know the opening sequence did rub me 
the wrong way just a little bit because I feel like he could have got the same point across with a little less like filler words because mm-hmm. I feel like it was just like at that point it was going for comedic effect was to add in a bunch of these like you know so like um you, you know just trying to sound super awkward when in turn like you could sound awkward and probably say five or ten less of those i don't think there's anything wrong with that though because like from where i'm looking it felt organic but he's still a comedian he is still trying to create these situations where he's trying to make you feel uncomfortable but also laugh so like, i get what you're saying but it didn't come across to me as unnatural it just felt like he's trying to play this for humor by starting off with this incredibly awkward teenager filming herself being barely able to formulate a sentence yeah so like i i think you have to acknowledge the fact that bo burnham is a comedian you know what i mean like this movie is pretty funny we haven't really talked about it that I've much seen but the, it's gonna uh, be funnier the first you ten, thought it would be funnier the first 10 minutes of one of his stand-ups and i was in, oh, oh yeah. he's couldn't not have been more turned so I was off confused. by no, his no, no, no. <laughs> when you guys said that he was terrible i was thinking of bill burr oh no oh. i love bill burr well, also I'll, i've never listened to him either but i know people love bill burr and then i was like wait bo burnham sucks <laughs> yeah bo burnham sucks his stand-up anyway well I, sucks. this movie wasn't that laugh out loud i thought it was pretty funny that would be one of the i think when i came out of the movie I, I said to you matt i was like i thought it was funnier than anything and he's like oh you thought it was the funniest thing you've ever seen I was like, no <laughs> yeah. like that was its major selling point you asshole but <laughs> like i think that's honestly the biggest thing it has going for her. i mean sure like all the like growing up adolescence like awkwardness all that like i i think he like hits the mark for the most part but like i said at the beginning i feel like he just tries a little too hard to like hammer some of his points home. Sure. And at the same time, I don't feel like it's that hard for those kids to act like that. And also like, I feel like we're already aware of that as a society that like social media is a problem and is affecting kids in a different way than when like us in previous generations were growing up. Yeah. I think what I most appreciate about the movie is it just seems universally relatable to me. Yeah, it's very much a 2018 film. They watch like a sex ed video where a woman says, it's going to be lit. You know what I mean? Like, like working <laughs> in like principal the... or teacher doing the dab when he walks. Yeah. In the yeah. Room. So like, it's very much a movie <laughs> that was the best. for yeah, it was great. like now this moment in time, but at its heart, like what the movie is conveying and just like how hard it is to be a teenager and being that awkward age where you don't know who you are and you have no confidence in yourself. Like that stuff was universal for me. Yeah. So I really like that you can like view this as a time capsule, you know, like you watch movies from the eighties and they like just seem so like alien sometimes, you know, like Mm -hmm. sure. Some of the emotional stuff you can still relate with, but it's just like, what the, this is what people were like back then. You know what I mean? People will probably have a similar reaction to this movie 20 years from now, but it feels real now. Maybe 20 years from now, kids will watch this movie and they'll be like, what the fuck? Like, kids are going to be even worse than they are now. So, Oh, it's only going to get worse, <laughs> for sure. Um, 
Anything else you guys want to say about eighth grade? Um, do we want to point out how uh, hilarious that kid is? <laughs> oh, <Okay>. babe. <laughs> yeah, especially towards the end. That man, scene. That scene was, at the end killed. He was a great. He was character. still on the show at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like everyone in the movie theater was like, "Why don't we get more of this kid?" Yeah, earlier yeah, I think on. So too. Yeah, because he Sarah, was good in Sarah the pool said scene, something like that. But like, then She's when he like, gets that scene at the end, you're like. This kid's a riot. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I think part of that was also just acknowledging, like, as you get older, you start to find, like, your people. Yeah. Yeah, he's a weirdo, but she's also kind of a weirdo, kind of a loner, you know? Like, you gravitate and they to the real rest. connections. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you just, once you stop obsessing over what it will look like you hanging out with that person viewing it in like the social scheme like what is someone gonna think about me hanging out with this person and really just start to worry about like who are the people that make me happy that i relate to rather than viewing everything through this like prism of like this is eighth grade and i want to be a popular kid so who do i need to talk to let me make these videos and make myself look like i'm cooler than i am you know right and i'm not trying to like discredit you or sound like a dick right now but i feel like that was pretty obvious and what that scene was trying to say oh it is yeah yeah, yeah. that's why i started hanging out with you guys <laughs> we're your people this is found who made me happy that yeah. means a lot to Aww. us tom thanks tom <laughs> i will also say maybe the hype played a small factor in Uh-oh. how much i enjoyed 99 on rotten tomatoes i mean i feel Travis like this is easily well, people were saying this was like a coming of age I... masterpiece or something along those lines. And it's I think it like, is. I don't know. You guys, ever, you guys ever seen Stand By Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Very different. I'm movie. kidding. Yes. Very, very different movies. Um, I'd go back to this movie in like five years. Check it out again. As far as a movie goes, I don't think it's a masterpiece. If we're putting in the context of coming of age in 2018... A lot of caveats Maybe. for you there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I Maybe. don't think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I think it's uh, a very good coming of age movie. Especially young. Like, you don't really look at a ton of movies with kids this young. You know what I mean? It's more common to see like high school stuff. Do you think kids this age would watch this though and actually like think about it? Yes. Or yeah. like kind of just like laugh and like, you know what I mean? Like, I think they would. I think they would really be able to relate to it. But read it. From like a like, they're not toddlers. Like they're I know, capable I of know, formulating. I know, like... but they're still eighth grade. Like, I don't know if I was necessarily thinking about that kind of shit when I was in eighth grade. Oh well, sure. But if you're presented to, like, you see it right in front of you. But like, would they, they like dismiss it, or do you think they would actually like take a second? I mean, it probably depends on the the kid. But sure, like, I would hope kids would actually like maybe learn or take a step back after watching this. But I could also see it going the opposite way where people just kind of like laugh and think it's just like, oh, this is like, you know, people like us. Like, I don't think the lesson is that social media is bad. I think we just view it that way from our age and people who are older than us because it's like looks gross to us. I don't think that they would think uh, it's teaching like you need to be more present and you need to stay away from social media. I don't think they would get social that lesson media from is it. Bad, okay. But I do. <laughs> I think that's us projecting. What I think kids of that age seeing this movie now would relate to is is her. 
her story, yeah. her emotions. The you don't that think she's social feeling. media is bad, especially for kids that age? I do. Okay. But I don't think that's the lesson that kids that age would take away from the movie. Right. I don't okay. think the movie is trying to like damn social media. No. I think it's a pretty realistic interpretation of how children of that age interact with social media and with each other on social media. Yeah. So I don't think they would be like, oh, fuck, I need to spend less time on my phone. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway. Anything else? I get what you're saying. Um... Star ratings? Unless you got one last point mm-hmm. you want to get in there? Oh, no. No? I might. Go ahead. Remember, I said I did like this movie. Oh, I know. So oh, I know. No, no. Did I you know. say that? Four stars. Four stars. You're four, too? Yeah. Man, five out of five. <laughs> two five bangers in a guy. row. It's lonely at the top, Matt. <laughs> this guy. He's the biggest the Mission Impossible fan going, now. finally getting dude. Fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> biggest Mission Impossible fan. Yeah. Eighth grade is a masterpiece. Five out of five. Uh, neither of those movies are my favorite of the year. Okay. But they're both, you know. That's okay. I just get shit for giving five-star movies. Or I movies five-stars. So no, I've given like... You give the survivalist a five. No, four and a half. Was it a four yes, and a half? four and a half. What if instead of seeing... When that Perturbator song came on, instead of looking at the boy, she was looking at this like acid trip blob that was pulsating in the middle of a weird... Weird mirror room. Five stars. No, that's movie of the year. Honestly, though, I do think you enjoyed that like music moment so much is because you knew that song. Well, I mean, that was a factor. I like oh, that. Those I scenes were hilarious. Was. It was funny, but it's such Best a cliche. <laughs> of I mean, that's like I feel like that's like a trope when like someone sees their crush. It cuts to the music and it gets all yeah. But music, it's really though, that was kind of interesting, like that different song. kind of music. It's yeah. not Dreamweaver, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm. I could probably. I can't think of specific examples, but I could think of like very obvious, like on the nose examples. Yeah, but that. it's really funny to see an eighth grade boy, like someone longing after them and they're like a scrawny especially how child. shitty he is <laughs> and he like he'll even like i think even within that scene he like makes some stupid face and he's yeah. like a total loser right, looking. Yeah. but <laughs> horror infatuation with him with that music and then us seeing him like what the like this guy this yeah he's an idiot <laughs> scene of him in the pool with his two middle fingers up <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh uh, okay um anyway not the same movie without those scenes yeah gotta have them that was eighth grade let's move on to don't worry he won't get far on foot i don't know if we really need to make it a featured review i don't have a ton to say without getting into spoilers so i don't know if you just want to because then i have to find a clip and then it's like a whole thing we could just kind of use this as our segue into what we've been watching maybe talk a little bit longer than we normally do on a what we've been watching movie (laughs) i'd like to ask two things about this movie go for it number one what is the premise so it is based on a book which is a memoir uh john callahan excuse me john callahan was a cartoonist in oregon actually um like the 80s who was known for very crude drawings crude crude both in the sense that they're not done particularly well but also crude in the subject matter Mm. um he uh is a quadru not quadruped paraplegic so like he got an accident while being in a car with someone who was drunk and lost 
basically Movement use of both of his legs. Uh, so it's a it's his story. So it's about his alcohol abuse, um, his him finding uh, these like doodles and these cartoons and turning into a profession. Just his life, basically. It's All right, a biography. It doesn't really feel like a biopic, though. No, uh, uh-uh. and I think what makes this movie so interesting is the way that it's edited it jumps all over the place in the timeline so it there's like it'll jump back to specific scenes so it's very self-referential it'll tie back into moments way later in the movie but it's very like splintered and it makes it kind of hard to track like the timeline of what's happening but that's not really the point of the movie I really um, liked the way it was edited. Though. Oh, me too. Like, especially how they interweave like the twelve steps of like AA, and also like some of the like AAA shot compositions where it was mm, like AAA. They pick your car up, <laughs> almost like a like a reel. You remember those sequences where like that was really cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What well, what he's describing, it's like uh, so you see the image, and the image like will move to the left of the screen like a film reel but then both images are playing simultaneously so it's like it'll bleed into other scenes almost like a montage section yeah, yeah. but the 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 image moves from left to right and they're connected transition. yeah exactly so it's just moving from left to right and up and down um it was really cool they did it a couple times in the movie yeah that's cool um so the editing in the movie was really neat performances Joaquin Phoenix is a god oh it's the man he plays john callahan <laughs> oh yeah is this just uh is go he up in on another watch movie list? this year you were never really here no 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 on is top there of gonna that? be another one yeah that movie with uh john c Riley, the yeah. brothers uh the, oh, the sister brothers or yeah whatever. yeah that looks funny actually yeah. hold on i thought there's even even it another one could be another one maybe this guy's working uh yeah he is fantastic in it movie also stars jonah hill um, Rooney Mara. Okay, no, Black. that's the movie I was thinking. Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black doesn't necessarily steal the show, but his two scenes are both amazing. He steals the show. So this is no. A, I'll go there. I'll go there. Steal he steals the show. This is something I have to see in theaters. Then, <laughs> yes, definitely. It's got yeah. your boy in it. Yeah. Uh, he's hilarious. Sarah's boy. One thing I will see too, is your boy. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> boy. Everyone loves Jack Black. Um, one thing I will say, so it's not a perfect movie. I did like it a lot. I do think this is Gus Van Sant's best movie since Milk, for sure. Probably one of his just better movies in general. Um, I would say that I love this movie, and it's probably my favorite movie of his. Really? But that's not saying a ton, because I've seen a few that don't really do much for me. There's a quote at the top of the poster that says, one of Gus Van Sant's best I would and I just thought to myself, you couldn't find a better quote. Just leave that one out. But I mean, he's now I just want to find out which one's his best and watch that instead. <laughs> well, I mean, Goodwill Hunting is his best. I mean, according this, to I do like them the masses or you, it's me, oh, and the masses. I would say this is better than Goodwill Hunting. No, no way. Goodwill Hunting. I don't is know sure if that's better. possible. Ghost Van Sant is a guy who has made a lot Good of movies. Hunting, but... I mean, he's been working for over thirty years now. I mean, this is the guy who did Drugstore Cowboy, To Die For, My Own Private Idaho, 
Goodwill Hunting, Finding Forrester, Milk. Like he's made a lot of really good movies. A lot movies. of indie stuff too. A lot of like small indie crap Park too. And Last Jerry. Days. Yeah, Last Jerry. Days sucked. I haven't seen it. I'm scared to watch. I've it. seen a lot of his movies, <laughs> but so uh, yeah, to your point, like that's a lame pull quote because. Gus Van Sant is not like a household name by any means. So you're like one of his best. Did Elephant? Like, you ever seen Elephant? Yeah, That's Elephant good is good. That's yeah. good. Um, this is one of his best. Do I think it's his? My my favorite of his? No, but you know it's up there, for sure. The best movie he's done since uh, no. Milk, Absolutely. which was like what ten years ago. I was like, yeah, it was like 2009. Um. Very entertaining. Uh, the performances are top notch. Um, I do think there's some pacing issues. It kind of escalates in the last 30 minutes. It's kind of when he like learns his lesson, so to speak, like the moral of the story, his transformation as a person. Leading up to that, it's kind of a lot of the same. Him drinking, him repeating his bad behavior, him treating, yeah. mistreating people in his life. So like, It touches on a lot of things, though, like friendship, like depression like addiction and just like overcoming struggles that you face Mm. and Mm. um yeah i mean i love this movie i thought it was super entertaining um i kind of wish we would have got more between him and rooney mara's character but what we did get is like probably better like as far as relationships in film go they did more with that relationship in like two or three scenes than most like rom-coms can do in an entire movie. I could not disagree more. What? I think the weakest thing about this movie is their relationship. Have you ever seen a rom-com? Because she's, yeah. Yeah, bud. The Some one with, the, the one with Zoe Deutsch and uh, what's his head? That was a great rom-com. Big Sick. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Kamal. I, I guess I'm not saying every rom-com, but like mm-hmm. most generic rom-coms that are literally just like, trying to make money you guys are really at each other's throats today are awful like the ugly truth for example gerard butler and katherine heigl oh, awful just pick the worst yeah movie. what's the what point i'm just saying as like that movie gets an hour and a half two hours to like build this relationship and it does nothing but this movie at least in like two or three scenes like sold that relationship to me. That's where I disagree with you. I didn't buy into that at all. It spent zero time building that relationship. It just happens. She's barely in the movie. Yeah, she is barely in the movie. And when she is in the movie, she has a terrible accent. Like she's the low point as Uh far as performances go for me. And I love Rudy Mara. Don't get me wrong. I think she's great. Yeah. But her accent is trash. It's inconsistent. It's way heavier early in the movie than it is later in the movie. They don't develop anything. Here's this guy who is like, some people think Joaquin Phoenix is a handsome man. I think he's kind of haggard looking. Maybe that's just me. She's fucking gorgeous. (laughs) And they just like hook up. She goes back to his place. They're fucking on his bed. Like, He's not that charming. It just on goes his bed. From... You don't think Wild. he's charming? <laughs> crazy, right? Huh? You don't think he's charming at all? Not in their scenes together. No, not particularly. I don't know. I think it went from zero to ten, zero to ten, zero to sixty. I don't. I'm mixing uh, analogies at this point, but um, I just I that was the weak point of the movie for me. I feel like they it, didn't spend nearly enough time. Probably didn't that. need to be in the movie at all. I don't think it added a single thing to the movie. But I f- still feel like the few scenes that they had together were convincing as far as a relationship goes, and like they were entertaining. But... You could 
you could kind of like, you know, like, I guess what's off the frame, you could probably fill in the like blanks as far as their relationship goes. They I'll have a deciding factor in this. They have good chemistry together. I don't buy that those like the characters, like okay. how they develop those relationships. The two of them have really good chemistry in the scenes that they have together. Yeah. I bought that. I just don't buy it, it. It moved way too quickly, and they didn't spend enough time really explaining like why this relationship is so important in his life. It just kind of seemed. Superfluous to me. I could agree with that. But I still like their scenes. Yeah, I I enjoyed the scenes watching those because they're two actors that I love. Um, Yeah. I stand by the fact that I think her accent is not great. Yeah. Let's do a clip. She's supposed to be like Swedish or something. We got a clip. I don't don't think it was great either, but I mean, I remember it being like noticeable, but not like, oh. What is and it kind of goes right away. Did you notice that? I didn't notice like later that. in the movie, she's like not even trying anymore. Um. Anyway, so I kind of we kind of went on a little tirade there about like that dispute. I really like the movie. That was one of the low points for me. Um, it's really entertaining. It's funny. Um, it some had, little minor nitpicks. It had some stuff. of the, like biggest laughs of the year, in my opinion. The Jack Black stuff was great, and then there was a. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I don't want to spoil it anyways. But when they're having one of their meetings and Jonah Hill says something to one of the characters, uh, he says something like, you're cute, but like, fuck off. Or yeah, something yeah, I know lines. what you're talking about. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. It was funny. Um, um, I like the sense of humor, too. I mean, it's pretty like crude at times. And I think that plays into like just his sense of humor and like his comics and stuff. But like this could be one of those movies that's like super melodramatic, but it's entertaining and funny while still getting the point across of like addiction. And I still feel like you can watch this and like get something else out of it other than like addiction, just like overcoming certain like obstacles in your life. And instead of just like giving up, like trying to like embrace it and like fight through the pain to like, you know, move on in life. Sure. I thought it did that stuff pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Overall, I enjoyed it. Well, nitpicky things. Um, it is funny. I don't know if I'd say it's like some of the biggest laughs of the year. I laughed a couple times, but nothing that I can really recall that I was like fucking knee slappers or anything. Well, I was the only one laughing at certain parts of this movie <laughs> in the theater. Um, Jonah Hill was great. I'll say that. I great, thought he yeah. was really good in the movie. Um, again, Jack Black steals the show. Yeah. No, Joaquin Phoenix is the show. No. Jack Black is a great companion in certain <laughs> scenes. Um, very Again, good. Again, I will decide. I will decide this matter. Not one of my like favorites. Like it's in the top ten right now for me by default. But it's been kind of a weak year, so like it's it's Can't not going to make huh? my top ten at the end of the year. All right, but I did very much enjoy it. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. If you couldn't um, hear that, it's because uh, it's too Travis busy dabbing, was dabbing over his mouth. <laughs> Four and a half stars for me. Okay, yeah, you're you're almost there. Yeah, I yeah, that was great. Yeah, loved it. Only far five star movie we've reviewed so far this episode. Not <laughs> Worst of the bunch. Um, okay, well, let's get into what else we've been watching. Uh, I only have two things to talk about. Tom, 
What do you got? Anything else? Watch an episode of SpongeBob. It's great. Hell yeah. Was it one uh, of the old ones or one of the new ones? Old ones. Nice. Is it the one where they find the swear words on the dumpster? Uh, no. That's the uh, best episode. Okay, I'm going to look for that one. <laughs> um, some Bob's Burgers replays. Actually, I found one that I hadn't seen before where Bob gets stuck to the toilet. It's stuck to the toilet? Yeah, he gets glued, it's like super glued to a toilet. And there's some oh, like a magazine. Prank or something? Or? Yeah, but it wasn't intended for him. It's pretty good. It's got some musical numbers. Um, you know, still peeking in on that Vietnam doc every once in a while. Yeah, the Ken Burns one? Yeah, I really lost steam what with the weekend and everything, but I'm yeah, uh, yeah. going to try and get back in on it. I might have to press on without Sarah. I think she's losing interest. You're going to have to leave her behind? Yeah. I'm going to have to leave her in 1969 while I move on to the 70s. Uh, What do you have you want to talk about, Travis? Do you have much? Uh, Let's see. I'll probably just stick to new releases. Okay. Yeah, you should start with Skyscraper. I'm genuinely curious. Okay, so Skyscraper was actually pretty enjoyable. I thought it was going to be god-awful, like, Worst movie of the year. Had no interest in seeing it. Mm-hmm. But then I got A-list and I was at the theater. And so I watched, I went and saw Whitney. And then right after, Skyscraper was playing in 3D. And I was like, well, I'm already here. I'm already downtown. already paid for parking. Let's give it a shot. So what you're saying is Skyscraper is like the free t-shirt in your drawer. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Real quick before you move on. You said you saw Whitney first. Yeah. Did you use another A-list movie to see Great Skyscraper? Great question. This is the movie I tried to go see, and the app didn't work. Well, Skyscraper. Yeah. Okay. Because I was curious, if you just tried to sneak into Skyscraper, it was 3D, where did you get your glasses? What was my question? I did not do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I went and saw Whitney, and I had two other reservations or whatever, and I was only planning on seeing, I think fall out within the same week or maybe not even that and i was like well i'll go see another movie skyscraper whatever it's on 3d um but yeah it's an enjoyable movie it's definitely not anywhere near die hard or mission impossible or any other action movies like that because this has been compared to like a die hard ripoff which yeah I've seen it that. is but like it doesn't waste any time getting into the plot which i appreciated um Every character kind of has something to do, including like the kids and Nev Campbell, who plays The Rock's wife. Um, yeah, it doesn't waste a lot of time. It's, it's Nev. entertaining. Nev Campbell. From yeah. Scream? From Scream. Yeah, but what is that name? Nev. Is that short for something? Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty corny <laughs> at times. It's it's super like formulaic and all that. Um, I wish it would have spent maybe a little bit more time on the building before it actually got into the plot. Um, the whole plot itself, just like a little walkthrough, is kind of dumb. Like a fun little tangent where you follow some businessman as he goes through the building, or something. they do like a little like snapshot of what this building encompasses. But like, oh, it's supposed to be like super high tech or something, it's right? It's basically like Elysium. But in like a tower in the middle of a city. But like even in Elysium, they didn't really deal with much of like life in Elysium. But it's basically the Titanic of skyscrapers. Sure. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It's just ready to blow. I saw the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that movie. Uh, okay. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I couldn't have had lower expectations going into Did you it. also see um, the other, or the Rampage? You saw Rampage, right? Rampage is pretty bad. Okay, so this is better than Rampage. I would say so, yeah. More entertaining, at least. Really? Than yeah. Giant Monsters? Yeah. Okay. Think Pacific Rim or Transformers, but even worse, and you have Rampage. Bumblebee. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I think, I actually think Bumblebee looks kind of good. What? Maybe not good. I Settle will, down, man. It looks I, bad. It looks better than all of the other Transformers movies. What? No, Transformers 1? Well, not this Transformers is... 1, but any of like the recent Transformers sequels... I'm more interested in this than I am. This is going to be like a girl and her dog. It's going to be amazing. Nobody wanted this. (laughs) That's very true. Is Michael Bay doing this? Is he doing Bumblebee? Travis Knight. I don't think so. Travis Knight is? Yeah. That that fucking familiar. He did Kubo. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Most hype movie of the year. I retract. He also did... Oh, he was a producer on Paranorman and the Box Trolls. And so he's a he's a Leica guy, or Leica. Missing Link. Oh, that's coming out in 2019. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Uh, I'll just keep moving. So I already brought up Whitney. Whitney was amazing. I'm curious what your th- wife thought about it. I think she liked it, but I didn't really ask. Hmm. That was really good. They uh, intersect like commercials and like current events of the time, like throughout her timeline and the timeline of the movie to kind of like give you a sense of time i guess um but like i didn't really know much about whitney houston like i didn't really follow her growing up didn't really listen to her music i always knew she was a big deal but like i more so know her like from her fallout more than like her like you know top of the charts like fandom that like you know celebrity status that she had um, but like it goes into like her growing, I mean, it's like a pretty like standard biopic. It's kind of similar to Amy in a way, Amy Winehouse's documentary that mm-hmm. came out a couple years ago. Did you guys see that or no? Yeah, I, I did. saw it. Yeah. I would say it's similar to that, but I think I like this one a little bit better. Um, just cause she, I think she has a little bit more interesting story. Um, like she had a, I mean, it seems like she had a somewhat like normal childhood, but like lived in the ghetto, but then her mom was a singer so she kind of like followed that path and she just got super fucking popular when like music was like at the height of music you know like mtv and everything um but then it shows like her downfall like how she couldn't really like cope with the fame it's like kind of one of those like classic classic rise and fall yeah and where like what's really interesting it goes into detail about her relationship with Bobby Brown mm-hmm. and like how he was kind of the one who put her down that path, but not necessarily. He was just kind of like helping her along. An enabler. An enabler. Yeah. yeah. But it also gets into stuff about uh, how he was super popular at the same time she was, but then he, she kind of like surpassed him and kept going while he just kind of like fizzled out and like watching him deal with that and how he like pushed that stress onto her. Like, she just dealt with a lot of shit that I wasn't really familiar with. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, like, we'll just view, like, celebrity, like, tragedies as, like, oh, God, woe is me, all the money in the world, you know, I'm not happy or whatever. But, like, she dealt with some, like, 
real shit. And like, I could totally understand why like someone like her would kind of go down that path. So it's, it's sad. It's tragic. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It, good stuff. It's a good, like encapsulization of her life. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know if it's just me or like biopics. I just can't. But it's a documentary. Yeah, documentary <laughs> about a person. Um, I just don't get excited for them, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was like over the moon to go see it, but I wanted to check it out. And I feel like if you want to learn about Whitney Houston, like this is a perfect two hour way to do so. Yeah. So. I really liked Amy, but it's just sort of. You know, I can do about one a year, I think. That's what I have in me. Well, and have I'm you, counting... have you expended that one yet, or are you saving it for Mr. Rogers? I'm saving it for the first man. What? That's, not... That's a biopic. That's different. Joking. Mr. Rogers, for sure. I don't even count that one. It's going to be uh, a whole experience. you got to see that movie. I'm so excited. Yeah. First man better be more about the story than a, like a biopic of Neil Armstrong. Did you see a preview for it? Yeah. It looks like it's more about the story. Yeah, I hope so. Hmm. Now you got me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got, bud? Speaking of documentaries, I saw Three Identical Strangers. Yep. I, I was going to see that last night. Say, uh, if you haven't watched a trailer, don't watch a trailer because I feel like it gives away too much information. Yes. I have not seen a trailer for oh, it. Good. Well, keep it that way. Um, I, you can't really talk about this movie without spoiling it. So I would just say it's good. It's worth watching, but at the same time, it kind of lost steam towards the end and it didn't really go into detail as much as I would have wanted regarding like what the whole point of the movie was trying to say. Star rating. Would you give it three and a half? But going in, I was like, this is easily going to be three and a half identical strangers. Four and a half or five. Okay. The trailer makes it look like it's an incredible story, which it is a fascinating story. But once you kind of learn, like what happened and what came to be, it it doesn't really do much beyond that. Like it kind of like flirts with the idea, but it doesn't necessarily like dive that deep into it. And it it like reuses some of the same footage, like within the documentary that it showed previously, and like you know later on yeah. in the movie and. That's something I appreciated about Amy, since you mentioned it. They had so much footage. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, like, it's a cool story. I, I'd never even, I don't even remember, I don't remember exactly what year this even occurred, but, like, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was, and they were, like, pretty much celebrities, because no one had ever, like, it was, like, when, when an anomaly. Whatever I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, looks like maybe the 70s. Yeah, I'm assuming it was early on before, like, you know, cell phones were even a an idea <laughs> okay but yeah it was okay i think it's worth watching but it was a little disappointing theaters save it it's up to you man if you got a list and you got a reservation to burn sure go see it but i wouldn't race out to go see it hmm. definitely better stuff out there <laughs> um that's a good segue for uh, one of the two things i wanted to talk about uh, I was planning on seeing that last night and then uh, decided instead to smoke a bunch of weed, 
ordered some uh, some barbecue. Ooh. Got like a pulled pork barbecue sandwich. Is that the place that's on the corner? Mm-hmm. Pecos. Nice. Yep. Is yeah. it good? Little side. It's really good. Little side of uh, twice baked uh, potato salad. Potato. Uh, <laughs> and I binge watched the rest of season three of Last Chance You. Yeah. Which I've talked about on the show before. Yeah. Um, it's a football docuseries for Netflix. Uh, it's really fucking good. Like, honestly, when I look back at, like, television from the past few years, this is one of the highlights for me. So it's... The Just reason, season three or all of it? All of it. All of it. But season three, it's simultaneously my favorite and my least favorite season so far. Interesting. The reason for that... So just to give a little context. So this series, it's called Last Chance You, and it's following uh junior colleges so this is it's specifically focusing on junior colleges that attract um basically division one dropouts kids who get kicked out of school or they get kicked off the team for not following the rules smoking weed getting into fights whatever it is this is their last chance to play college football to get another opportunity to either go get back into a division one school or go into the nfl right so the first two seasons follow the same school, same head coach. It's the same school. Season three, it's a new new coach, new school. And the, the series is really embracing not just being about football. Like if anything, it's more about small town America. It's focusing on these kids who come from lots of different backgrounds you have this kid who grew up in inglewood the coach in the new season grew up in compton so he was in an almost exclusively black neighborhood played on an all-black football team so that informs his experience and him as a coach and you follow these kids who come from all over the country um so you get a lot of not just the football but you get uh, where the kids came from, what their upbringing was like. And then also specifically in the town that they live in, you get, what's it like living in a small town? Like there's this specific like shitty little like coffee shop that the, the s- series comes back to where it's just these fucking old ass men sitting around a table talking about like the football team, you know? It's like these, <laughs> this is what, their lives are about you know like they have nothing going on other than just like being neighbors with each other being kind to each other and football you know like they talk about football they have nothing else going on in the small town so it's like you get so much more than just the football but the football is amazing yeah i was gonna ask how much football is actually in this a lot a significant Oof. amount of football. Okay. So top of the watch. Oh, and the, the games. Travis the, is getting his Madden sticks going. The, the football in season three is probably some of the best like football as far as just like nail biters, football. just like crazy shit happening. You know, trucks, truck stick right through that season. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it's really interesting to watch. So that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's filmed in such a way it's so cinematic. Like you don't really get that from football. You know, so to have this like very cinematic approach, slow motion, like it makes the game so much like you wouldn't think it'd be more suspense, suspenseful 
but it is just because of the way it's framed. Yeah. Like there's one episode in particular, it's episode five where like the football game is crazy, but it's constantly like intercut with, uh, they spend that episode going to like the hometowns of a lot of the kids. So there'll be like crazy football moment cut to one of the kids in their hometown, giving context to it, come back to football, another crazy thing happens, cut back to a different kid's story, you know, like it's edited in such a way that's just so like entertaining and awesome. Um, The reason why it is also my least favorite season of the show is because the coach is an abusive fucking asshole. Like he cares about his kids and there's moments where you really get to see him like wish the best for them go the extra mile to make sure they do better in classes but he the way he talks to these kids and to the other coaches he it's really hard to like this guy Hmm. he's like kind of a villain which you kind of get that in the first two seasons they kind of frame it that way kind of makes it better okay yeah so coming from the first two seasons is it in one of those like old school like tough love type ways or is it like literally it's bad new school (laughs) manipulative (laughs) yeah it's really bad okay like you i i do think both of you guys should watch this show especially you i'm I'm really i'm very excited it's really really good but so season three like he's he's less likable than the coach from the first two seasons because you just see the way he treats these kids it's kind of hard to watch sometimes like he's kind of a villain like the first coach is a little bit more redeemable for me anyway. So, but where do you watch this? Netflix. Netflix. And Netflix original. Do you have to start with season 1? I think you should. Okay. Yeah, cuz this is this show is also interesting because the like the kids will make reference to Previous and the coaches, seasons? yes. Whoa. Previous players like uh the coach of the new season refers to Brittany wagner who was like the counselor in the first two seasons he's like i'm the coach i'm Brittany wagner i do it all you know like and the kids like even the opposing teammates will be like like the teams that they're facing will be like oh it's on netflix you know shit like that yeah it's interesting like you don't really get that with yeah. netflix but like they, they have this own self-awareness where they're like referencing previous seasons and the first two seasons are really fucking good. Mm. So I do think you should start with the first season. But each one is only seven or eight episodes. Like, it's not a huge time investment. 30 minutes? Hour? An hour. Okay. Like an actual tonight, hour. Matt. You should. I'm season not, one, episode yeah, one. Yeah, I might try and get Sarah to pop that on. And it's about so much more than football. Like, even if you don't care that much about football, I think the way that the football is framed, you'll find it interesting, you know? But also, like, the surrounding stuff is just so interesting. The kids hearing their stories. Like, I've cried a couple times watching the show. Um, I've laughed. Like, it's it's really, really, really interesting. Have you ever... And you have seen Queer Eye? You haven't? I have, yes. Okay. Have you ever seen the TV show Friday Night Lights? I started it. Seemed great. Is, Fell off of it. It is great. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but... It was you talking about this just reminded me of that, and it's similar, but it's just like a fictionalized version yeah, of yeah. that. But like in that town or in Texas or whatever, high school football is life. Like that's the town's like. I mean, everyone meets under the Friday night lights, you know, to watch the game. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. 
So that's last chance you. I only had one other thing to talk about real quick. It also has uh, Jesse Plemons and Michael B. Jordan. If, yeah, uh, that sells. And Kyle Chandler. Jesse does. Okay. Kind of annoyed. Not Michael with, B. Jordan. Kind of annoyed with the whole Michael B. Jordan thing. Yeah. Yeah. How? How? Why? Uh, mainly just because I didn't think that that new Rocky movie was all that great. Oh, wow. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> what? Creed was fucking sweet, dude. Creed was amazing, dude. Yeah. I guess I just dude, don't give a fucking cool dude. Yeah, dude. About... See that dude? You see that movie, dude? <laughs> Come on, Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, he was a good it's character, <laughs> but I was already over the whole Michael B. Jordan movie. He's in one thing, and then everybody's like, "Fucking Fruitvale Station." Okay, I also didn't see the that. Wire. Uh, that's for Parenthood. The Wire. What's Parenthood? So the NBC family drama. Okay, I haven't seen it. I feel like Fruitvale is what kind of like sprung him into star status. Yeah. Yeah, for well, getting big star. roles. Star, it put him on the radar, like because yeah, yeah, it was hey, an acclaimed role. Yeah. Put him in a movie where he's like really vulnerable and like maybe a drug addict or something, or like a school teacher, and then I'll really like him. Ah, the Ryan Gosling. Exactly. You're talking about Half Nelson. Okay, yeah, actually about. combined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> school teacher. I feel like you just need to watch Fruitvale Station, and you'll be in. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's great in that. Yeah, but does he like overcome the odds? I don't. I'm not saying anything about <laughs> oh, that movie. He does, doesn't he? I'm not shot. saying anything about that movie. I think he gets it's the shot. opposite of overcoming the odds. <laughs> yeah, he, succumbing he's to the odds. Gun down. I'm not. That's really anything. sad. Well, I know what that movie was about. What else you got for me? Yeah, we just said. Oh no! Did you have anything else? I only have one other thing to talk about. Put him in like a Terrence Malick movie, and then I'll be into it. <laughs> Terrence Malick is done these days. What? You guys seen his last couple movies? To the Wonder was good. <laughs> I didn't see that. I also didn't see the newest one, Song to Song. Yeah. So literally, just Night of Cups but is what you're Knight basing of Cups his opinion was on. Was like yikes. <laughs> what What is going on? I don't know. Actually, uh, so we're doing a movie night tomorrow, and it was suggested that we watch something from the Criterion Collection. And I've never seen a New World. So I put it in the list. I would of love movies to watch that. that. I would oh suggest. my god, it's so boring. Oh, that's that? what they. That's what. Uh, uh, no. What uh, my Wait. friend said. She said that's one of the two movies I've ever walked out of because the first forty-five minutes were so boring. Maybe I need to give it another shot, but oh, okay. I do not like that movie. I mean, that's what I don't. I don't know. She. That's exactly what she said. It was two thousand five. Maybe I should give it another shot. But some people love that. If movie. both of you guys are out on it, well, no, I've never seen the new. I world. saw it in college. But I'm curious to watch it. Post post the Tree of Life. I loved the Tree mm. of Life. Yeah, the Tree Washington of Life World. is enough to keep Terrence Malick on the map for 25 years. Yeah, and Badlands. And Days of Heaven. Days of Heaven. Yeah. Thin Red Line. <sighs> yeah. <No. sighs> okay, back to what we've been watching. Uh, sticking to new releases still. Uh, Equalizer 2. Saw that. Remind me uh, what the Equalizer 1 was. Denzel. Kicking ass. Okay. Hyper violence, apparently. I haven't seen it. Equalizer but. 2 is basically the same thing. Man on Fire 3. Uh, Yeah, I guess. I don't know. These are just like lesser, like John Wick movies to an extent. Jason Statham movies. Yeah, any like, you know, action star in the starring role kicking ass. But they're fine. Like, both of them, I would say they're about the same. Like, the plot, very generic. Couldn't could care less about what's going on as the as far as the plot goes, but Denzel doing his thing, kicking ass, it's worth a poke. Okay, uh, I would say if I were to pick one, I would give Equalizer two the edge 
just because I think Denzel's performance is a little bit better in it. Mainly because I think he has a little bit more to do as far as like emotion goes because he has this like like subplot with a neighborhood kid and you get some range with him there. But like in the first one, the whole plot of that movie is to basically save Chloe Grace Moretz's character. But like you get none of her the entire movie. It's like you get her at the beginning you don't see her for an hour and then you get her like the last like five minutes of the movie, but like none of him saving her really connects besides the beginning and the end of the movie. Hmm. But like the, the actual action sequences are cool. There could be way more of them um, in both movies, but like the second one has a cool, like it's, it's, there's a car chase, but then there's also like an action sequence within the car. That was pretty cool. And then the final action sequence is, it looks kind of bad, but it's also kind of cool because you don't really see an action sequence in that setting. It reminded me of uh, the Hurricane High. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a storm going on in town and that's like the final like set piece. Um, But like the effects look kind of bad, but it's still kind of cool watching them like fight through the storm. Right on. Yeah. I would put it like on the level of uh, Skyscraper. Worth watching, but like, don't go rush out and see it. Okay, <laughs> could do much worse. Hmm. Um, I saw Unfriended Dark Web. It's another like middle of the road <laughs> type movie, on par with the first one, just like Equalizer. Um, the whole movie spent watching this group of friends. Like, basically, they get together for like a game night over the web. So they're all doing like Skype, but then they like play Cards Against Humanity. But the whole like plot is the main guy gets this laptop and it's like a laptop he probably shouldn't have gotten. I don't really want to go too much deeper into that because I don't want to like spoil it for anyone who cares to see it. Um, It's connected to the dark web. Things take a turn. Yeah. And (laughs) then it kind of plays out like the first one. But then there's like an extra layer to it because of the dark web. I'm kind of intrigued, actually. I think maybe we should play Cards Against Humanity over our laptops. Over Skype? Yeah. That's what you're intrigued by? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, leave the house. that stuff is not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's okay. Um, I'm just picturing like a suspenseful moment with someone at their laptop, you know, where... You can only really see their face because of the glow of the computer and the background's really dark and they're trying to figure out what happened to one of their friends on the screen and then something in their bedroom happens. Doesn't really do that, but okay. that, well, might, that might be kind of cool in another one of these movies. <laughs> Friend request does that. That movie is trash, though. I did not see that. Yeah, don't. Did you ever see the first Unfriended or no? No. 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 Maybe I feel like you... Refriended. I, I would put this in, like, the same camp as, like, The Purge. Like, you know. I think I would like them. I like that movie, The Den, which was kind of, like, the precursor to all of this stuff, it seems like. But I, I, I couldn't cool, see though. either of you loving either of these movies. Sure. But sure. they're they're entertaining and they're worth watching, I guess. Yeah, they yeah. have, like, some shock value and, yeah. And it's kind of a, I mean, it's a gimmick, but it's, it's kind of a cool premise, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I'm very curious to see uh, Searching, though. I feel like that one's going to be good. It looks terrible. It looks even worse than Unfriended Dark Web. No. no. Come on. Searching? 
It's another film from the perspective of laptops. He's looking for his missing daughter. Oh yeah, that one does not. That does not. I feel like it has a like a chance to be good though. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm not excited for it. Could also be bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not necessarily like super excited, but definitely more intrigued to watch that than I was Dark Web. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. what are we at? Do we? We're over two hours. Let's just fucking call it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I don't um, really have much else to say. I mean, as far as what I've been watching. One other thing I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, my girlfriend has never seen a Star Wars movie. Any of them. So I recently borrowed uh, Travis's Blu-ray collection of the episodes saga. one through six. Oh, so we have to decide whether to start with three or one. This has already happened. Uh, I have decided I'm not going to subject her to episodes one through three. Really? I'm not going to make her watch them. Maybe if she she of her own volition decides she wants to watch them after Will you watch them with her? Yes. It's too bad that you can't just do three, but it would be terrible if you didn't see one or two. Yeah. And even then, three is also kind of corny. You know what I mean? It's very corny. As a Star Wars fan, so much going on. But compared to the other two, I do like that lizard he rides. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we watched (laughs) A New Hope. She, so she, okay, so to give a little context, she uh, is one of those people who never saw Star Wars. Enough time had passed by having not seen Star Wars that you kind of get an attitude like, Oh, Star Wars! Like, who cares? Like, whatever, you know, because you have zero attachment to yeah, it. You gotta so it's get like, over why? that. And watch it. Why? Exactly. So that was a hurdle. Like, I've had that with movies before. That was a hurdle. So you know, I convinced her to watch these movies because they're amazing, and I thought she would like them. So we watched New Hope. She thought it was great. Um, I was a little worried because I had considered starting with Rogue One because that's like the precursor to Episode Four. You know what I mean? So I thought about doing that. But then it was either Travis or it was your brother that made the point that starting with Rogue One, which is very modern, very sleek, looks very good, yeah, and then going to A New Hope might be, like, it might yeah. spoil, not spoil, but basically turn her off of the, the prequels. Also, not the prequels, yeah, the spoil, original. Some spoil of the mystery. Not in, like, a, a movie spoiler way, but spoil as in ruin it. Yeah. Right. And the mystery matters. It's actually, it's better that you start with four, even if you were going to subject her to the first ones, because... Like, you need to go in there with the same context that the audience, the, the original audience had. Yeah. I agree. So she really liked it. Um, only a couple notes that I have. Um, I forgot how good that movie is at world building because there's very little exposition. It's literally just, like, them saying fucking Star Wars terms that we all, like, take for granted now. But, like, watching that movie in its context, they're just, like say these things that don't make any sense. It's like alien. But now, having seen all the Star Wars movies and played all the video games and read the fucking novelizations, like it's like, oh, yeah, it's a fucking Bantha. He's writing a Bantha. You know what I mean? Like The movie does such a good job of showing and not telling, and the characters don't really point out weird shit, you know, because it's just part of the universe. So I, 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 I kind of taken that for granted. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'll mention is you guys know in A New Hope, there's that scene. It's like a bloop, not a blooper, but it was not caught where the stormtrooper hits his head on the thing. The doorway oh, yeah. he's walking through. No, that was the only one I wasn't able to rewatch in the plane. Ah, wait. So you didn't know that was a thing? 
I didn't know it was a thing until it popped up on some trivia thing. Like, have you ever noticed the stormtrooper who hits his head on the thing? Is he going into like the bar? They're no, no, no. They're they're on the death. They're on the Death Star. This is when Luke and uh, and Han are like they dress as, as stormtroopers and they're infiltrating yeah. the Death Star. It's during that like segment. Uh, there's some stormtroopers who are walking towards the camera, and one of them hits his head on the door frame because he's not paying attention. And they, they, that was just like left in because they just didn't notice it, you know. But I had never <laughs> noticed it until I read about it. But Haley noticed it. She was like, did that stormtrooper, did he just hit his head on the thing? And I was like, you noticed that? Like, I never had any idea that was there until it was brought to my attention. Now I see it every time. But her first watch, she was just like, did he just fucking hit his head? Like, I was very impressed that she was like, she actually noticed that. Cause so I had seen that movie so many times yeah. before I... I I probably never would have noticed. Too busy idolizing the main characters. I don't think I Maybe. noticed until I saw something about it online yeah. either. So I was impressed, genuinely impressed. Um, that's it though. I don't have much to say beyond that. The We're end gonna of the continue. New Hope is amazing. Yeah, it's good. The Death Star scene. Come on, yeah, it's the best. It's, that's not the best. The, the most... Empire Strikes Back is better. Well, I'm just saying the whole Death Star moment is the most like iconic Star Wars stuff. You've ever seen yeah. part part of it's probably because it's the first one, but I still think when Darth Vader is kind of boring. It's like chasing Luke and all that. Oh my god! Anyway, I will um, <laughs> report that. Uh, does he get in the ship too? Yeah, he gets in his Tie Fighter. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so as we continue to watch those movies, I'll report back. The goal we're doing four through eight. Yeah. I can't wait for them to be ranked properly. Yeah, yeah we'll need your ranking Maybe. and hers. Yeah, as we'll, we'll bring her on the show yeah. and we'll get her to rank them. Yeah, huh. I am very curious to see how she likes the the new ones, seven and eight. When where does uh Rogue One fit in? Um, we'll probably come back to it last if if she wants to. I mean, at this point, like. I'm not gonna do it like it's in a the filler order they movie came anyways. out. Yeah, it's really bad. Also, I'm not because oh. it came out. In, no, 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 no. Better it's than the, better than the Force Awakens. No, yeah. no. Uh, anyway, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> um, okay, so that's gonna do it for uh, for this episode. Um, two weeks from now, we'll be back. Blind spotting the show. Tom, you gotta go see it. I think we'll be doing that one. Did you see it? No, I'm oh. just saying. Not yet, but I still remember your reaction to the the trailer. So, which was iffy, right? Yeah, you're. Like, uh, Black Klansman. So also iffy. Perfect. Iffy feature. on Black Klansman, really. Adam yeah, Driver. I think so. Yeah. It's a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Okay. Um, and the Meg, of course. Ah, come Jesus, on, the Tom. Shark movie, come on. Rain Wilson, come on. <laughs> gonna kill <laughs> uh we'll see we'll see it's we'll see like, a better movie it's gonna be like piranha no it's kind of a... meets jaws it's gonna be amazing there's not a ton coming out in the next couple weeks so we'll see but we'll be back with some movies as always again want to thank everybody for listening uh like us on facebook follow us on twitter at cinephile digest leave us a review on itunes that helps increase our visibility um share our posts with your friends tell your friends about our podcast we're always looking for new listeners that bring into the fold 
Uh, if you have any suggestions or uh, questions you want to hear us answer, go ahead and send an email to cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Gucci! I can't get the tune. Oh, it's a good head. tune. But I you can't get, get it in your head? No, no, no. Oh, I can't get one. it out of your head. Uh, the the drums? The like... <laughs> drums? Right? It's the the part in the trailer, though, is really good. Oh, the, the like the. No, it's not drums. It's like a bass. Like. Talking about the Mission Impossible theme, right? Yeah, what's the theme? It's like. Right? Something like that. Kind of, but you. Yeah, oh. yeah there we go. <laughs> the best part is the, the, the bomb at the start. <laughs> yes, there you go. There you go. <laughs>